Welcome. My name is Alexander Asvarich, and this is La Ponderie, the podcast about the cultural and creative scene in the city of Paris. That's right. We've been off the air for a while, but now we're back just in time for the holiday season. As always, I had the privilege to sit down with some truly passionate people for a chat about how they approach their craft, the meaning of creative integrity, and why good quality matters. Enjoy. My guest this week is French musician Thomas Garlet. Thomas and I talk about the difficulty of striking a balance between being nostalgic while remaining relevant in your own time, why planning ahead is overrated, and the process of releasing one's first album. I really enjoyed my conversation with Thomas, and I will highly encourage everyone to look him up on Spotify and familiarize yourself with his music and his universe. Yes, and we are recording. So uh, I'm here with Thomas in his uh, lovely Montmartre apartment. If uh, people can hear a bit of noise in the background, there's uh, the scene going on, on outside. Uh, so very authentic indeed. Um, I'll just start with a little introduction because as I mentioned to you off mic, Thomas, uh, this is a little unconventional for me because most of the people that I talk to on the podcast is people that I've uh, followed for quite a while. Uh, in your case, I only really discovered your work, um, I mean, last week really. <laughs> uh, so it's, uh, it's very new to me, but also you're a pretty new guy on the scene. Um, and maybe um, to start with, uh, as is, you also mentioned to me off mic that uh, you are indeed Parisian, but you've spent uh, seven years in Liverpool studying music. Uh, and I was one... Huh? Yeah, yeah, okay. Not, not correct? I, I spent three years in Liverpool, and the rest of it was around England, but not in Liverpool. Ah, okay, I see. Yeah. So seven years in England in total. Mm. So uh, I was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit on why you decided to study in England uh, to begin with, and now why you decided to return to Paris. As, as people might hear you, you do have a bit of a, of a Liverpool twist to your otherwise you French... so, yeah. Yeah, to your otherwise French accent, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, so it started off quite early, you know, I, I was, so I was born in Paris, my parents come from Paris, and um, and I was going to school in Paris, but I was not really good at school, and perhaps, you know, um, French schools are not so, you know, inclined to, like, have someone playing music all the time or something like that, you know, so whatever, you know, I was not really good at school in France, and my parents asked me if I wanted to go to England because apparently they were very much into music and into arts and, and into like, you know, all this children things, you know, like bringing up children in a good way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I thought it was a good idea. <clears throat> and uh, I first went to boarding school in Yorkshire. So that lasted about a year and a half. And I was very strict boarding school, you know, in some sort of like traditional English, traditional English school, yeah, just like in Harry Potter, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went Uniforms to, and the whole nine yards. That's right, yeah, uh, that's right, yeah. And then I went to another school um, to do my A levels, you know, so the last two years of school, and ended up in in, in South London. And um, well, that was very much different because they were very, very into performing arts and music and all this stuff, you know. So I had a great time there. It was it was beautiful. And this is you know this is the moment where I started doing a lot of music and, and cinema and 
and start getting into, you know, I mean, I was, I've, I've been writing music since I'm 13, but I really started to do something, you know, accordingly to what I wanted to do in my life at that time. And, um, and yeah, and then I went to Liverpool, and then I went to study music in Liverpool. Any particular reason for why it was uh, it was Liverpool? I mean, f for everyone, obviously, it's a music uh, it's, a, it's a city that's very much associated with music. Uh, I mean, 60s and 70s, obviously, the Beatles and so on. Was that a draw to you, or was it uh, was it just because there was actually a place where you could study that particular? Well, <clears throat> a bit of both, actually. So, I've I've always been obsessed with the Beatles ever since I was like 10. I discovered the Beatles when I was 10, and I was like, it hey, is just be great, you know, it's just the uh -huh. greatest. I don't know if you know the greatest songwriters, and um, so I've always been into the Beatles. But like Paul McCartney created a school in Liverpool, oh, really? a university there, you know, and uh, it was a very good university, you know. And I was applying to different universities in London, and um, I remember it was like at the very end of uh, of application times, you know, and and I just decided to go and see if Liverpool would get me, you know. The school was called Lipper. It was meant to be the hardest one to get into. Oh, really? And when I got into it, when I was just like, okay, I'll just go here then. Excellent. I just arrived in Liverpool, and it was great. And uh, so, so that's also, now as I say, I've, I've listened to the music you have out there on Spotify, and the majority of it is, is in English. That's right. And is that, uh, is that uh, I, I guess that was a conscious choice you made, but it was, because, was that because of the influence of studying in, in, in the UK? Or? I'm not quite sure if it's conscious or unconscious, but it just happened like that, you know? I didn't really think about it that much, you know? I was just like, well, I live in England and I write songs in English, you know, and, and it just happened like that, you know? So I was surrounded by you know, English people anyway, and I would speak English all the time, and so I just wrote songs in English. And uh, I was I was slightly worried about you know like being pictured as being like a variety artist mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. to like just some random French singer that sings like vintage you know so I was not quite a fan of that you know so I thought I thought it'd be better to sing in English and and as a matter of fact English language is just a lot easier to express like some abstract notions you know and and different stuff you know it's just it's better for songwriting it sounds better as well mm -hmm. it's a little bit easier I think and I mean I. I'm sure we will we will get an, uh, a chance to get into that part of the industry afterwards. But I mean, if you have any kind of commercial ambitions with your music, uh, you know, in the long run, I guess it's also beneficial that uh, that it is in, indeed in in English. Well, it's a little bit of both. Like, I'm I'm planning to release an album very soon, and um, I'm considering whether it's going to be a. I mean, the album is, is finished, you know, it's in English. It's, but there's one song in, in French. Because I wanted to put, like, an, uh, I just wanted to put a song in French because it's my native language, you know, and I still write songs every now and then in French, you know. And we'll see how the people react to it, you know, if they really like that one and don't really like the, the, all the rest of the songs in English as well. Mm -hmm. Perhaps I'll reconsider that. But um, <clears throat> at the moment, it's still English, you know. But, um, but I'm not, you know, I'm not... I'm open, you mm -hmm. know? I'm open to anything. Because I was wondering, I mean, 
obviously France is a big country and, and there is, uh, as we've seen throughout history, there's great opportunities to m have a successful career within music singing in French. Uh, right. Like, I mean, the, the, uh, the, uh, the country is big enough to support that. But on the other hand, I have also always personally associated some of the, like, I mean, I'm not a musician and I will never be, but uh, some of the things that I've, I've always been fascinated with when we talk about having a career as a musician is the possibility to travel the world and perform uh, as well, which I guess as well, in, if it's done in English, uh, might, uh, I mean, offer some other possibilities as opposed to French. I well, don't yeah, know. as simple as that. Regardless of like any like, you know, commercial outputs, you know, it's, you know, I think the main thing about writing music, you know, is, I mean, the, you know, the, the aim when you write music, when you perform music, is just to have people connecting with it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, well, if you write in French, you can only get people from Switzerland, Belgium, France, and a little bit of Canada to connect with, mm -hmm. in all reality. And uh, when you write in English, you've got the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, you might as well write for the rest of the world rather than like 100 million people and that's it. I, I mean, I, that's true and I mean, I know that I just made that point as well, but actually, I, I listen to quite a lot of French music. I do speak a bit of French, but it's, it's not good enough for me really to pick up on the lyrics when they are, you know, fast paced, for instance. But I mean, it's on the other hand, though, there's still another element that you connect to, which might just be, I mean, the emotion and the way Fun. that it's it's delivered, the music in itself, uh, the melody and such. So I mean, there is, uh, and I mean, I, I know there's a lot of British people that love Serge Gainsbourg or mm. uh, I mean uh, Charles Aznavour or mm. whatever. I mean, even though they probably don't really understand what they are, I mean, what they're singing about, right? Mm. Or Edith Piaf. Mm because of the emotion. Mm. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, an, it's, it's definitely an interesting conversation figuring out exactly why it is that, you know, people choose to use a certain language when, I mean, they are bilingual. Um, but uh, moving to another topic, so, uh, but now you are back in Paris. That's right. As you said, we are in, in Montmartre and um, and can, can you tell us a little bit about exactly, I mean, you, you briefly mentioned off mic that it was somewhat in relation to COVID that you d decided to come back? Well, it's partly, but partly not. Like, in fact, I, so I've been living in England for seven years and then I was doing my final year university in Liverpool. And, um, <clears throat> I could feel that like, I, I did my time there, you know, I could feel like that, I think I had a little bit enough of it, you know, I've seen, I kind of seen it all, you know, and perhaps it was time to go back home. So at first, when like, you know, when COVID happened, it, it come, came out as like a given, you know, like it's, you know, it was great actually, because mm -hmm. I could just go back home and it just gave me a strong reason to just, you know, stop university like in March or, and just go back home. Mm -hmm. So I would say, okay, great, let's do that then. Excellent. But I mean, it's also funny when you speak to, especially like artists that work like within fine art or musicians, for some, I mean, for them, COVID seemed like, like actually a great thing in the sense that all of a sudden now they, I mean, they, everyone was cooped up within their, with their, in their apartments for like several months. And I mean, that would be where a lot of people would spend their time anyway, you know, writing music or painting. I know obviously they couldn't go to gigs or they couldn't perform their music, but I mean, as opposed to people that had to go 
on an like on a regular schedule and sit on an office that couldn't do that. It seemed like a lot of uh, of artists and musicians actually kind of in, enjoyed. The... I, really, I really enjoyed the first lockdown. I was yeah. very lucky. I was in Normandy as well. Okay. <clears throat> so it was, and the weather was beautiful. And I was with my friends as well, you know. So yeah. all of this was—it really was a given, you know. I was—I was, I was I, you know—I was starting off writing and producing my first album in Liverpool. You know, this is what I did for the last year. I spent that most of the time. I was just in my room on my own and just, you know, doing songs and songs and songs and, and just to end up like deleting all of them. But not deleting, but like <laughs> just getting rid of like two thirds of them, you know, just to Edit. polish. You know, just to polish like just ten of them. You know, I just kept ten of them, but I probably wrote and produced like about 30 songs in the past couple of years. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So and you're very selective of what you kind of put out there. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's, it's, that's the most important thing, you know? I'm not so much of like a perfectionist as such, you know? I don't, I don't have nightmares about like, you know, do sometimes, but I mean, <laughs> you know, like I'm not obsessed with it that much, you know, like I just, I just want to produce something good, you know, mm. and something as like just as close as possible as what I want to hear, as yeah. one, you know, in music, you know, I just write music because I want to hear it, you know, I write the music that I w I'd love to listen to on the radio, for example, you know, sure, and um, the music I love, and so, well, you know, it, I don't know, I must have produced, yeah, about 30, 40 tracks in the past couple of years, and some of them were good, some of them were alright, some of them were not that good, mm. and I just put them on the side for now, you know, and I just yeah, kept you can always return to them at some point if you think yeah, it's right. Sure, just kept the good ones, you know. But I, I think that's an interesting sort of segue uh, in, in, a, in a way because I think in a, in sort of the broader industry in within music that you see today and you know what's put out and what's really listened to a lot, uh, I feel one element that's really missing there is is is. Uh, is editing or I mean there's a general set of lack of quality I feel like uh, and and I mean the, the craft of music is is not as uh, evident as it as I mean it used to be um, and and I mean it happens within many different genres but I feel uh, I mean for instance I don't know I mean what music you listen to yourself but I, I'm, I listen to a very broad selection of music and I used to Back in the day, uh, when he came out with his first few albums, listened quite a lot to Kanye West, yeah. and and then he released this new album, Donda, you know, a, a couple of months mm. back, and I mean, you could see what it was it was trying to do, and he's always trying to innovate, and you know, you got to respect that on some level, but also what I thought was just like, man, this feels so rushed. There's like, uh, it, and and also it feels like there's like 27 tunes here. You could take out a third of them, and I wouldn't miss them. Uh, so I feel it's interesting that you're speaking on, on, on kind of like polishing your work and, and making sure that what you put out is is um, is really what you want to, I mean, it's, it's you in the end, right? Well, of course, I'm not quite Kanye West yet, but... Well, we'll see. <laughs> the, the, very, the very big difference between, I mean, there's that, I don't know, million differences between me and, and him, you know? But, I mean, the main one is that I'm, I'm no one, you know, and he's the, probably the biggest star in the world at the moment, you know. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> just to start off with that, but I, I, was, I was doing my first record and no one's waiting for it, you know. Mm. No one gives a shit about me, you know. So I can take all the time I want, you know. Mm. Like, no one's waiting for it, you know. So, and a lot of people were waiting for his album, you know. There's no pressure, you mean. So if there's no pressure, I might as well not rush it, you know. I, thought, I might as well just make it as good as possible. Excellent. So, 
yeah, just, I'm taking my time, just yeah. to make it good. And and then I've I've seen on your Instagram feed that you've um, you've performed uh, a few and uh, yeah. had a few gigs around town. And and how do you feel performing, as I say again, like your music now live in Paris, even though it's in English? Uh, and uh, I mean. Um, You you told me that it was a little bit like coming home, being back in Paris again. You were born and raised here in Paris, so so how is that experience all of a sudden being able to perform, uh, you know, your music in front of people here? It's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. I did the love of like you know I used to do a lot of gigs in Liverpool, of course, and around England, you know, Manchester, Sheffield, London, you know, like I used to I used to gig a lot, you know. Mm -hmm. And then COVID happened, of course. So I didn't go back on the stage for like a, a good two years. And when things start settling down a little bit, you know, I was like, yeah, I can go back to it now. You know, it's time. And uh, felt uh, felt incredible. Mm. Felt absolutely incredible. Like being back on stage, you know, like the thing about music is that you know, it's not. It's it's all about sharing. You know, it's all about like it's not music is not meant to be like one guy like sitting in his living room just producing music on his laptop and playing piano for on his own, you know, and just really on Instagram, you know, that doesn't, you know, it doesn't really make sense, you know, as such, you know. Music is about, I think, the performance to begin mm. with. And but and it's, it's also yeah, instant it's gratification, with people, right? You know, and interactions, you know, so so I miss that so much. And, and going back on stage, you know, it was, yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was incredible. And as I say, it's like an instant gratification you know you have people's reaction instantly right in front of you as opposed to guessing you know when people yeah. stream on, on Spotify you don't know what people feel <coughs> uh, and you certainly can't see or hear it yeah. where on, on the stage you know it's, it's right there in front of yeah. you yeah uh, you can't really lie on stage you know yeah. you can't really lie you just gotta you gotta be yourself you know yeah. and well it's yeah it's, it's, it's definitely like the strongest thing about music you know and and It's the performance, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's been incredible. Excellent. So you say that there's an album on the way. Uh, you That's have a, 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 you know, when it's going to be released, or it's still uh, in the process. <laughs> Well, um, that's the thing. So, what, what is it today? It's the first of December, is it not? Second, I believe. Second of yeah. December, oof, already. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, And, time um, flies. Look, um, I, I, you know, so I've been working on this album for a long time now. And I've been doing it, you know, all on my own. So I do everything at home on my own. And it's just been, you know, delayed and delayed and delayed again because I've, you know, I've written some new tracks since, you know, and I tried, I decided to add them, you know, and then add new tracks again, or like, and then I went back on other tracks and I was like, this is not good enough, you know, mm -hmm. and tried to reproduce them again, you know. So at the moment, the album is pretty much finished, but it's just I've got two tracks that I'm not sure about. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not done with. So it's uh, it's, it needs a little uh, polishing. And it, needs, uh, it needs more work. Yeah. You know, quite, quite literally, you know, it's. So you kind of release it on your own as well, or no, 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 no. I've got a label, but okay. I, I, I kind of want to slap my face, you know, when I myself when I when I hear myself saying, "Oh, yeah, it needs more work," because yeah. <laughs> it's probably like a, it's an awful thing to say, you know. It probably doesn't need any work at all, you know. It's just I'm not quite happy with it. And I guess it's also because it's your first album. There is you want to make it, you want to make it good. You yeah, simply want to make it. No, but it's also it good, you know you've got to take that leap of faith, you know, in a way and get it out there. So That's right. I mean, it, and I I can understand why how that can be a daunting challenge as actually 
you know, pressing the button and be like, okay, now it's out there yeah. for everyone yeah. to judge yeah. potentially, you know, uh, or, or love. Well, listen, yeah, yeah. Or just listen, yeah. So it's uh, it's uh, it's like it's you know, it's like making a little, it's like a baby, you know. Mm. So you're putting an awful lot of work in that, you know, and and then it stays for a long time, you know, and it would always be my first album until yeah. I'm. 90, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll always be the first album I've released, so it's always going to be important for me. And I wanted to reflect exactly what I want, I want it to be true, you know, mm. I want, I'm, you're looking for the truth, you know, when you do that. So I'm just aiming for the truth as much as I can, and um, yeah, it's just two tracks, I'm not sure about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I get it. But I'm, I'm, it'll be out soon, it'll be out soon. Looking forward to it, I mean, what I've heard so far, so so, so the music, all of those tunes that you've released now, are they going to be part of the album or is it going to be all new work? No, 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 um, so out of the f five tunes I've released so far, I think? I believe so, yes. Yeah, so out of the five tunes I've released so far, only three of them are going to be on the album, because one of them is a cover, Yeah. and there's, there's, it, was, it was more of a single thing, you know, and it's a duet as well, you know, it didn't really make sense to have it on the album. Mm -hmm. And um, the another one was not quite fitting in, you know. It was not. It's not the same. It was an old song, you know. I don't really do that anymore, you know. It's not. It's not the same vibe as I do now, you know. So I decided not to put it on. And uh, it's going to be 11 tracks, and so people have already heard three of them. Mm -hmm. so that's exciting. Excellent. I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, I think. Um, I mean, the reason why I. Uh, I mean, was fascinated by the music when I listened to it and when I, I first dis discovered your work. I mean, is that I, I really sense that, I mean, as we talked about as well, also of Mike, that there is, um, there's an authenticity to the work, but there is also a lot of nostalgia. It's uh, somewhat, I mean, I don't necessarily like this term, but there is like an old school uh, feeling to it. I mean, it's very analog uh, and it's very much as I've seen, I mean, you and a guitar, or you a piano, or, I mean, so, so, I mean, you mentioned Beatles being one of your, I mean, favorite bands. Um, is, um, is there any other artists that you feel like you kind of model your work after a little bit, or is there a particular reason why you decided <coughs> to go for this type of music as opposed to, um, I mean, another genre? Well, Actually, there's a, lot, there's a lot of questions in that, in that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, where can I start? Um, I, I'm not trying to be vintage. Mm. I don't really believe in vintage. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, nostalgia. Yes, you know, oh, melancholy. Yes, okay. Mm. I mean, this is, you know, this is such a big part of myself that you know, I'm kind of like, I try to be as far as possible as that part of myself, but inevitably, you know, it just ends up in the music all over it, you know? Mm. So, I didn't want to make like a, a vintage album, you know? I didn't, I, I never, I don't want to be vintage, you know? I just, I, would, I want to live in my time, you know? Mm. Uh, because if it was, you know, if I had the choice, yes, I probably would live in another century, but that's, that's just such an awful thing to say. That's just mm. an awful way of thinking, you know? And it probably doesn't, You'd never be happy, you know, if I was to truly believe it, you know, I'd never be happy, you know, I'd just be nostalgic of something I don't even know about. So I try not to do it like that. Mm. So I, there's all sorts of things I listen to, you know, and a lot of modern things, you know, but I think inevitably you can definitely hear some jazz influences sure. in the album. 
I've listened to a lot of that. A little bit of romantic music as well. So classical composers like Chopin, Debussy, Satie, Liszt, Scarlatti. That was a very big part of my musical education, I guess. Mm -hmm. And the uh, rock, because I was always really into rock. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, this is, I don't know, I've always listened to that, of course. And what else? And I just tried to have a little bit of electronic yeah. taste of it, you know? Because I enjoy it. But I mean, it's uh, it's something like I mean everything. I, I got completely lost in the question. No, 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 it was uh, it's all good. Completely out of context, uh, but I mean, it's it's something that I can relate to very much. So because I mean, a lot of what you said there is exactly how I feel about myself and the work that I do within clothing, because I, I, I mean, I have such a big admiration for previous. I mean, if we talk about clothing of, of like how people, for instance, dressed in the from like. 40s, 50s, 60s. Uh, there was another attention to detail. People, I mean, dressed in good clothing because it lasted longer. They were willing to pay a little bit more upfront for having a suit they could keep for 10 or 20 years if, 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 if they needed to. And in general, just took a little bit more, uh, put a little bit more care into their appearance. Um, and I mean, I would, I would love to, if I sit back 10 years and look at what I've done with my career, to, to, to be able to say that, I mean, I drew inspiration for that, but whatever I did was also very much part of what's, what's going on right now. Because as I say, you don't, I mean, with the kind of clothing that I do, I can very easily end up looking like I'm dressed in a costume. I mean, and I don't want to look like I'm straight out of the Peaky Blinders, you know, because for me that's, I mean, that's such so easy. It's so easy just to, and as I, I feel like it's the same in music, if you wanted to do a, a, a traditional varieté album, it, it wouldn't be that difficult, I presume, because it's all there. It's about taking things uh, and values from, 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 from those sources, like your sources of inspiration, but then injecting them with I mean, your point of view as a modern man, right? Um, and, and, and as you also say, I mean, one thing that I, and this might end up sounding real, very pretentious, but I do feel like quite a lot of people feel uh, the same way, is, is that the reason why people might see themselves in, like from my point of view, for instance, in the 20s in Paris, I mean, I love the idea of being able to bump into Hemingway or Dali or whatever in the bar, but I mean, the, 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 but what I feel like is that I would be, um, what I feel like I have to offer now would not be, I mean, would not be anything really special back then, if you understand what I mean. Cool. Because a lot of what you, uh, I mean, a lot of uh, what I think sets, or that I believe sets me apart, and I could imagine is the same for you, is that I feel like... I'm a little bit different as opposed to the majority of people that's around. But if you go back to those times where you feel like you, uh, I mean, agree with the way of life or the, the, the people that were living at that, that, that time, then you're just one among a lot of other people. So you understand what I mean? Like very, the authenticity of, of very much so. very is much all so. of a sudden a little bit lost in that if you hypothetically could go back, right? So I, I fully understand that, you know, what you're, what you're saying about potentially not really being happy in that scenario if it was even possible, right? Um, so, uh, no, so, I, I, so I totally get it. And I mean, I think it's, it, it's, it's such a fine balance 
to 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 and and I mean and I think that was why I could really relate to your music when I listened to it first is that I felt like oh there is something here from from the past and as you say some nostalgia but it's also as I say very authentic still it's not ripping off anyone who has already done something similar and it's also distinctly it has it still distinctly has some sort of modernity to it right um, and I mean I think that's a very difficult balance to strike <laughs> I don't know if you agree or not. Well, this is rather flattering to yeah. begin with but um, I I very much agree with you of mm. course of course I very much agree with you I like that you know the term you use easy mm. it's it's a little bit easy to be vintage you know it's a little bit it's just you know Make yourself a word of yours, you know, like away from like everything you've got around you, you know, and just, you know, put yourself out there and just be like, okay, this is how people used to be, so I'm going to be like that. It's a little bit easier and it's not that interesting. Mm. It really isn't that interesting, you know, like it's, it, you've got to add something more to it, you know, you've got to be like around you all times, you know, and, and I'd hate to be like someone completely disconnected from the world he's living in. So... Try my best not to be, you know. Yeah. And uh, reflects on the music, but like, I I never, you know, I don't think I ever asked myself like, how can I make this more modern or how can I make this less vintage or. I never really thought about it like that, you know. I just did. It's something that happens, sort of. Yeah. Intuitive. Yeah. And it is an intuitive thing. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, like I was, you know, kind of forced to do the music like that, you know. I. I can't record like a like a drum kit at home, mm. so I was you know led into the electronic drumming, for example, electronic programming. You know, so all of those things you know came naturally. I think it. I never really asked myself that question. Mm. I think that's the main way of doing things. You know, I. It's good. At least you know. At least it's authentic. At least it's got something about it that like it's. It's it's really me. You know. Mm. Um. Another point uh, that I wanted to uh, to ask you about, because um, um, as as mentioned, you you're still sort of in the in the start of your career. Uh, you mentioned you're 23, so a young man, a very young man yeah. indeed. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so it's 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 still very much in the beginning of your career. I do still feel that your music is. is very mature it is, is it is already but but how and I know this this might be a difficult uh, uh, question to to answer but have you do, have you had any thoughts of like how you sort of envision your uh, you, yourself as a mu- musician to develop like over the let's say the next 10 10 15 years yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a bit of a question isn't it um, okay <laughs> no and I, I, I i take things as they come, you know, mm. and and what I'm trying to do is go as far as I can, you know. I'm just trying, I'm just trying to move forward, mm. you know, as much as I can, just forward, 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 as long as I can see, you know, like something to step up where yeah. I always will, you know, but like gradual progression. Yeah, but I, I've this is a this is an awful thing to say because I know that like. Everyone around me would be like, "This is a stupid thing to say, whatever." You know, but like, I never, never really believed in like. Okay, so you always got to have a name, you know. I think you got to have some something to look for, forward to. But when it comes to planning and all those things, you know, like, 
you know, planning very like in details about what you're going to do and how you see yourself in, in, in years. And, and I've never done this, and, and I don't really see the mm. point. And it's I an mean, awful thing to say, but like, it's if I was to, you know, plan my life with, you know, like, dream about my life with great details and and put some objectives and things like that, you know. It never happens like that. Mm. It simply never happens like that. It never, it, it never will. You know, like there's there's so many ways of like. You never end up like having exactly what you dreamed of. I don't think so. So like I'm quite pessimistic about it. You know, I'm not mm. trying to like aim for something so big. You know, I'm just seeing how it goes and 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 watching the thoughts come by and 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 things happen and. No, but it's a, it's a good observation because as someone who's a, a bit older, I mean, I uh, I used to have a very clear vision of how I wanted my career to uh, to uh, develop and what I wanted to end up being. Uh, and as you say, things never go as as you planned. And I think initially people have a tendency to take that as a failure, whereas what you realize is that whatever happens, just shapes you as a person and that will eventually lead you towards where you're supposed to go I mean so it might seem like a failure or a bump in the road or whatever but I mean as, as, as everyone says it's like there's never like a straight path to anything you might end up there eventually but you have to I mean go all over the map before you you really reach do that you point. Huh? do you plan yourself do you plan do you have like you know, like a whole map about your life in the past 10 years, in the next 10 years, I mean. No, I mean, I, I, th I think I have, um, uh, I mean, an ambition of what I would, I would like it to look like. But I mean, I also have to see the, my past 10 years in hindsight and, and be like, back then I had a very clear vision of what I wanted to do. And it hasn't happened that way. I mean, other things have happened. And I mean, I've, I do things very spontaneously, right? And, and then, so what I've, I've basically ended up being pretty much like yourself in the sense where I'm, I'm like, as, as long as I can see there's a progression and that I'm moving towards something greater, um, it, it doesn't need to happen within the next three months or the next six months or the next year, as long as you can see that there's a gradual progression, even if it's small steps, you know. But like, I think, you know, looking back on the planning things, you know, like, the reason why I don't plan things as well is because like, I think the beauty in life is not to be aware at all about what could happen, you know, what could happen next, you know, what's the next stage, you know. I, I mean, to be fair, I'm all for organising anyway. Mm. It's just my biggest weakness, you know. I just don't know, how, I don't know how to plan. I'm too bad at this, you know. All for this, you know. I don't know, I barely know what I'm doing next week. Mm. And, or tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow, or the next hour, I don't know, you know, like, but that's, you know, okay, sometimes you can have, like, Sometimes it can be a very much a pain, you know, not, not to plan anything. And but it's so good. It's yeah. I mean, I, I think you need to have that spontaneity and yeah, like it's, yeah, it's to be surprised. I love being surprised. You know, I love being. I love surprising myself as well. You know, because always be surprised by other people. You know, or like by things that happen in your life or uh, the thoughts that come through your mind. You know, that's, I think that's the main. That's so important. Mm. And I mean, I think one one sort of underrated um, upside to being a young man as yourself is that, uh, I mean, 
I've not gone to that part of my life myself quite yet, but I'm, I'm 31 at this point, and I see a lot of my friends who have kids and are married, and they're very happy, you know. But but then your your life is also somewhat already mapped out for you for the yeah, next yeah, 18 sure. years plus, right? So I mean, wh while you don't have that, I mean, you better take advantage of that because it is somewhat of an advantage if you are, let's say, like you or like me who is working in a creative mediums. It it gives you a different freedom to either travel or or make spontaneous decisions, which. I mean, can can lead you potentially to great things. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I, f I think as well. You know, when it comes to planning, I think there's a correlation that can happen quite quickly in my mind. It, you know, it's like not planning equals freedom, or sort of. I don't think it's true, mm -hmm. but I kind of believe it. Mm. If you know what I mean, I don't think it's right to think so. I don't think it's true. I don't it, it doesn't happen like that. But there would always be, you know, some thoughts like that for me. You know, I'd be like, I mean, I, yeah, I think it's about again, as, as we mentioned before, it's about striking that balance. Mm -hmm. uh, Lucien, who is one of my friends, also a musician that I have on, or had one on and uh, uh, on uh, one of the first episodes, uh, or the very first episode of the, no, one of the first episodes anyway. He also mentioned that, uh, I mean, a lot of people, especially in Paris, have this, I mean, um, fantasy or they romanticize this life of like the spontaneous struggling, in quotations or citations, struggling artist, right? Where I feel like you can you can allow yourself, if, if you reach a point like you, you're going to put out an album, you're going to have some gigs, you're going to have a, a sort of a steady base. So as long as that's kind of taken care of, then you can allow yourself to be a little bit more free uh, in the other aspects of your life. Uh, and I mean, so it's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's about striking a balance. Uh, one thing that I would like to get into, you kind of briefly mentioned to me off mic that it's actually not something that you have a great interest in, but I, I still thought it would be, uh, I mean, potentially interesting to, to dive into somehow and see if there is somewhat of a connection between the two. Uh, because uh, one of the things that I picked up on when I, I first discovered your Instagram profile is that you seem to, I mean, like a good tailor jacket. I mean, you're sitting across from me now in a good shirt, a little hang uh, neckerchief, uh, and I mean, it, you seem to somehow, I mean, at least uh, uh, care about the way that you look. Uh, and as I mentioned, I mean, this is sort of more, I mean, a classic value somehow. Do you feel like there's some kind of connection between that and, let's say, I, like the more sort of analog nature of your music, or is it all just a coincidence? I think I've always been, no, I've always been interested in in, in in beauty, you know, aesthetics, you know, and 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 clothes is definitely like a a part of myself somehow, you know, like I'm I'm not the best at like dressing up or or like choosing the right. <laughs> the right jacket or the right colours or, or the right outfit, you know, but one thing's for sure is that I've always been very interested in, in, in clothing, you know. Like, I, when I went to England, you know, I had to wear suits every day when I went to school. Mm -hmm. I very much enjoyed that. And I think ever since, you know, I've always been like very, you know, 
I've always looked to suits very closely and try to understand what do I like about it. You know, I've got in my head the perfect suit that I would like to wear. You know, mm -hmm. I know exactly the color. I know, you know, the the size of the, the, the shoulders. You know, like and how I want the trousers to be fitted. You know, or like the shoes that go with it. You know, like the different colors. You know, the tie and all things. You know, it's always been something I've been very much interested in about. You know, but in the way I am, I don't overthink clothing that much, you know, it simply happens like that, I'm surrounded by a lot of my friends are really into fashion, you know, and it's, they've always been into it, you know, and like, a really good friend of mine, you know, like, I know that like, you know, appearances are very important, especially in my job, you know, so I try to make an effort as much as I can, mm. but I love it, I love it, but I don't have any sort of like expertise about it whatsoever. No, but I I've mean, I think, uh, as we also talked about uh, before, I mean, it's, uh, that's Boninati is is quite often what sets you apart. I mean, you see a lot of people in the streets of Paris that very obviously put a lot of thought into the way they dress, and somehow it almost always seems a little boring. I mean, because it's too considered. Well, I feel like if you look for me, for instance, a lot of the uh, like, I mean, the characters that I admire when I see on the streets is quite often like. I live in the 17th on this moment, for instance, oh, really? and so there's quite a lot of like older, wealthy guys. Yeah, and uh, the way they dress is often like a little eccentric, but you can always see there's a, a consideration for quality, but not necessarily of how things are put together. It's very nonchalant, and I mean that's what I love is is that you see these things as like this is this is something that's been. It's a craft that has been honed over years, basically. Where, uh, and I mean, st back in the day, studying fashion as a young guy here in Paris, I mean, it was all about, I mean, dressing up for the fashion shows, dressing up for fashion week. Everything was so considered, and at the end, you just kind of look a little bit like a clown. Where, I mean, these guys, they are so comfortable in the way they wear their clothes. And as you also said, it's like, you just want to be, you, you, you wear, wear the kind of clothing you do because you feel comfortable in it, right? And I mean, th then that it, then the the whole look becomes a little bit more transcendent in, in in a way. As I say, if you look at some of the great style icons of the past, I I think they cared about the quality of the clothing, but they didn't really necessarily care that much about clothing or fashion. It was just uh, appearance for them. Mm. And I mean, and and that's why I feel where like proper style comes through. It's like. When you when you wear what you feel comfortable in, for me it's also the same. I mean, I some of my friends are like, I would much rather wear a tracksuit because I feel physically more comfortable in that. Okay, I'm not really on that. No, <laughs> where I mean, like, I might physically feel more comfortable in that, but I would never ever be comfortable walking down the street in that because it's just not my thing. You no, know, same for me. Same for me. I need to wear something that's a little bit more proper. Mm. Um, but it's interesting. Uh, I mean, when you talk about that. Appearance is, is important in your line of work, and I mean I think uh, especially but with no, yeah I think in my life in general you know it's always it's always been important you know like it's not because I'm a musician that I try to dress accordingly to it you know I'm not you know I'm not trying to dress like a musician you know I just trying to wear the clothes I love of course mm. you know and I've got an eye for it you know like I'm I'm looking out for different outfits you know I'm very much you know like uh, appreciate like. An outfit from someone else in the street or something like that, you know, and I can find some different ideas like this, you know. But it's never been like a passion as such, mm. you know. I was a lot more interested in different things, you know, but I can 
I, I, I don't own any tracksuits whatsoever. You know, that, that no, no. would not be. I played tennis earlier and I was in my jeans because I didn't have anything. <laughs> you know, that was no, that's good. Yeah. I, was like, I don't have a fucking jogging. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. Can be <laughs> can be a little bit embarrassing sometimes. But, um, and sorry, I fleshed out that. But you were saying no. I mean, in, in regards to appearance, I mean, I think it's it's at least since the the 60s very much so i think within certain categories more so than others but like especially rock and roll uh, rock rock music i mean i feel like the the appearance of 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 uh, rock musicians has always been something that's been i mean obviously not as important as the music or the lyrics or anything but has been a big part of, of, yeah. of people you know whether that was like what whether that was the beatles that all of a sudden changed from being you know very i mean uh, formal looking guys in 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 well cut suits to all of a sudden being you know flower power wearing like uh, engine uh, you know colorful uh, garments on on the uh, on the stage right or whether it's grunge where it was all of a sudden just like jeans and converse and like band t-shirts right it's uh, and so what how do do you have any opinion on why that might be that i think wait I can't exactly remember where I heard that but I think it was a week ago or something like that you know I think people appeal to like fashion of musicians because they can sense they're like that they didn't really think about it you know when they did it you know or like if you look at David Bowie of course like you know you can tell that he's put like a lot of work into his appearance sure. you know of course and this is such a big part of himself you know if you look at Kurt Cobain like it simply didn't care you know he was just wearing like trashy clothes and and, and 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 just went for it but we love that you know but it's, it's also because it's almost like he 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 didn't care but he wanted to show that yeah. he didn't care Because, so somehow yeah. he put effort into it it simply creates like integrity and that's yeah. i mean it's all about integrity you know it's all about like yeah the balance about it you know like it's just people listen with their eyes as well you know and they understand if you know if i was to just understand all of it you know the project of it you know um it's just got to make sense you know mm. if i was it'd be interesting as well you know like i think i think the, the interesting thing about the 21st century as well is like you know I could make the music I make in tracksuits. That might actually be even more interesting. Mm -hmm. But people wouldn't really understand it, maybe. Mm -hmm. you know, people would be like, this is weird. This guy's singing like in his 60s and he's wearing tracksuit. What's that about? Um, it'd be interesting, you know? But it probably wouldn't make sense as such, you know? And I didn't, I didn't you know, choose to be like, okay, I'm just going to be wearing suits now. I'm just going to be like looking sharp and, and dapper all the time, you know? It just happened, you know? I just wanted to look good, you know, mm. on, on album covers and, and pictures, you know, that go on, on Instagram and all those things, you know, but, and as a matter of fact, it makes, it creates a sense of integrity of, like, of the whole thing, you know, because people will listen with their eyes once again, but, I got lost again, <laughs> sorry about No, I, my, I my mean, is, but, um, as we said, is, is, yeah. is why there is this strong connection between how people like within music dress and the the music that they do I like in in my point of view it's just a, another great example of how 
clothing can be an extension of who you are as a person yeah. and be another vehicle to sort of communicate right. that. And I mean, there's, I mean, in music, there's just so, like you mentioned Bowie, obviously it would be a, a, a one of the first people that come to mind, but it could also be Elton John or, mm. I mean, if you go further back, um, we talked about the Beatles had s several stages as well, just like Bowie. Uh, or if you look at something completely different, you take Motley Crue, for instance, glam rock. You know, like appearance was very important in the 80s for these guys with huge hair and right. leather pants, and I mean, uh, super flamboyant. So it's 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 just an I mean a way to magnify sort of uh, of what's already going on in the music. I feel. I mean, looking back, I think it's a you know it's. It's a whole, it's a big part of like the creative process in itself, you know, because you get an idea across, you know, and uh, the whole thing about the creative process is just to put ideas across, you know, to put like thoughts, you know, food for thoughts, you know, like mm. people, and um, and yeah, like by the way you're dressing, if you think about Bowie and all those things, you know, like just looking at an image, you can understand what he was trying to say in his music, you know, without even listening to it, you know, and and. It's such a, it's such an important thing. It's such an important thing, you know. And um, but I think it's all about like having one idea across. Try as hard as you can to put your idea across. What you want to say, you just it's, be, it's be gotta, focused it's gotta, and consistent. You know, yeah. It's got to be like you're going to be sweating the idea, you know. Like this is everything you can see about it. You, know? you mm. just understand straight away. And um, yeah, so. They, comes through with the closing as well. So, so in in regards to communicating an idea, I mean, uh, would you say there is one sort of general idea that supersedes everything else in, in your music and one thing that you really want to get across to your listeners? I think I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to, I don't, I don't really have a message as such, you know. I've got like, kind of, you know, things to show, you know, to people to observe and, and, and try to like think about it, you know. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to give like a morale things, you know, about it. It's just, look, this is what I want to see. This yeah. is what I want to say. And it's, it's very much to do with nostalgia and how time flies and, and how we all kind of suffer, but we we're willing to suffer for it because it feels good as well, mm. somehow. And it's about like that sense of loneliness as well. I'm just trying to put like, if any, you know, I think the aim of my music is just to begin with to express myself. Mm. I'm writing music for myself. Mm. I'm not quite writing music for others, but the aim of it eventually is just to have people connecting with it and feel like perhaps a little bit less lonely mm. to begin with because you know having a sense of like okay someone else feels like that you know or perhaps if they listen to the music you know if they can learn a thing or two about themselves that'd be absolutely incredible you know yeah but the main thing is the connection and just to have people understand what you want to say and perhaps understand themselves you know with it that's the main thing no, I'm, but not trying to, I'm not saying anything I, you know I'm not there's not like a, there's no motto in my music, you know, there's not, there's, there's not like a, <laughs> it's not like a political manifesto. Or not a grand like, message, so to no, speak. No, not a grand message, you know, I'm not saying power to the people, I'm not <laughs> saying all you need is love, I'm not saying those things, you know, I'm just saying it. 
Well, the key has changed. And so, mm. yeah. I don't know, yeah. No, but I think that's in, 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 well, incredibly know? valid. I mean, yeah. uh, for, for everyone, and I think, um, obviously, I think the majority of people who's out there can relate to certain aspects of what you're saying in your music, but the majority of them will not be able to express themselves through songwriting or music themselves. So having someone like you that can deliver that, and as you say, again, be relatable to these people, I think is, I mean, is really sort of the essential uh, nature of music in the end, right? Yeah. That, you, uh, that you have that relatability and that people can recognize their own feelings in, in, in the music. Very much so. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think on that note, uh, we are sort of pushing towards the end. Okay. Um, so I don't know if there is anything you would like to add that you didn't feel like we got an, uh, a, an option or a possibility to talk about. I don't. I don't know. It was very nice talking to you. You know, it was it was lovely chatting to you. This is the first time I was doing that as well. I felt a little bit. It was a bit weird at first. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. To hear yourself talking like this, you know, like no, I but I didn't say too many like silly things. No, not at all. I, I think it was great, and I mean, uh, I, 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 the reason why I enjoy this format as well is that it's not necessarily very prepared. Oh no, not at all. <laughs> so, uh, for me, the knee, me or you, I mean, but it's it's it, you get a genuine conversation uh, out of it, and I mean, uh, as as we talked about, I mean, if we talk about relatability, I think it's much easier for whoever decides to listen to this, to relate to this conversation they, they don't feel removed from it they might on the contrary might even feel like they're part of it right so um, I hope that that gets through uh, and uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to to see how uh, your career develops in, in the coming years and I'm really look, much looking forward to the album uh, coming out hopefully in the not so distant future no, hopefully, yeah. and uh, and finally um, any live Gigs coming up in the... Yeah, I'm playing on the 10th of December. Oh, really? Yeah. Here in Paris? Yeah. In Club Endor. I'll uh, see if I can uh, I, if I can stop by, yeah, if yeah. it's not already fully booked. Uh, not, not yet, not yet. There's, all right. there's all sorts of artists playing with me as well. It's going to be a big gig, a big night. Excellent. Yeah, it's quite interesting. I'll, uh, I'll look into it there, and uh, I mean, uh, hopefully we see each other there again, and then I can uh, get to experience the music live, as we talked about with... Uh, uh, is a big part of, of your music so um, looking forward to it and thank you very much once again thank you so much thank you so much for listening if you want to know more about Tumar check him out on Instagram at Tumar Gerli or have a listen to his music at Spotify or even better listen to it live whenever he plays a show near you our music is by composer Thomas Ross Fitzsimmons He's based out of London and makes fantastic music for TV and film. If you want to listen to more of his work, check him out on Instagram at TRFComposer. Till next time, take care.